the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are times when the race, sometimes the rat race, the pace, the narrative of our lives slows down. You know how this works when we're waiting for a special event like children waiting for Christmas to come, quite oblivious to the spiritual discipline of Advent. They're counting down the days. Like the refrain from the back seat on vacation, are we there yet? We can't wait to get there, but we will. The end is in sight. In our community, perhaps call day comes to mind, or maybe even more profoundly, Lent. Sometimes we intentionally slow down the narrative of our lives, almost delaying the inevitable, not wanting to face the reality of a crisis. We focus on details otherwise passed by, clean our desk, organize our books, do a few emails, clean the room, anything but do the assignment, anything but get to the taxes. We don't really want to get there, but we will. The end is in sight. And then there is Lent. Forty days of profound purpose. Counting it down. Slowing it down. Focusing on details otherwise too easily passed by. An observance <laughs> in which we actually observe. We look at those details, the passion narrative, read week by week. Time to reflect, repent, renew, restore our trust in the God of our salvation. The story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22 is so well known, most all the details have already been observed, including the slow and focused narrative style, pondering the painful, profound, almost imponderable possibility of a father sacrificing his son, his only son. Oh, we know the bigger narrative. It's about God's promise for all the families of the earth, way back in Genesis chapter 12. Oh, it goes back to Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, but for ten chapters we have focused on Abraham and his seed and the problem of the son and the heir and Abram's typically human attempt to help God out 
by doing a bit of his work for him. Eliezer, Ishmael, Sarah's laughter, and God's last laugh. Yitzchak, he laughs. Ten chapters. It's a long, slow narrative. The big story with lots of details. And then comes chapter 22. And it's told in excruciating detail. God indeed tempts no one, Luther says in the explanation of the sixth petition, but in Genesis chapter 22, he sure does test Abram. The holy discipline of faith and life. After all of this, Abram knows that God sees the big picture and that God will provide the Son. God's way, in God's time. So Abram follows in faith. I mean, what else can he do in a time of testing? Give up on God? Figure he knows better? What else can we do in times of testing? Give up on God? Somehow think we know better? But then at the moment of truth, in the heart of the narrative, it all slows down even more. The poignant question Isaac looks, and it's what he does not see. Behold, the fire and the wood. (laughs) But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham replies, God will see. The obvious details then prolonged in the telling, details otherwise so easily passed by, avoiding, delaying the inevitable. It goes into slow motion. Abraham builds the altar, arranges the wood, binds Isaac, places him on the altar above the wood, stretches out his hand, takes the knife. You know, if the devil is in the details, God is there too. And the answer is really not in the end, in the details of Abraham's life, or in his hands, or in the knife, or in that son, not even in his faith or his faithfulness. Oh yes, he trusts. Oh yes, there is the ram. Behold, not quite the lamb, but the ram. As Isaac was not quite the son, the sacrificial son, but the key at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end of the story is in sight. God will see. God's sight. And Abram calls the name of the place Yahweh Yireh. God will see. Dear friends in Christ, brothers and sisters, in the love of Jesus, in the study of theology, and the appreciation of the Hebrew language, the verb ra'ah means to see. It does not mean to provide, as almost every English translation takes it. 
And it doesn't really mean see to it, which is the way they get around this awkward expression. It means to see. Yahweh will see. God sees. The point of the narrative, the end, is in sight. We may observe Lent, but it's about God's sight. He sees the big picture. Oh, does he? From Abraham to the son, from Isaac to the next generation, and the next and the next and the next, all the way until we get to the sacrificial son, who is the lamb. Behold, the Lamb of God. This is a narrative much bigger than my life, than our generation, even adding parents and children in. God sees the big picture. And he also sees the details, down to the slow-motion details of our everyday lives even the little things we'd rather ignore, the things otherwise passed by, the things we think and make so important when they're not. But God sees. God will see, even at the time of Abraham, God sees something bigger, better than that moment of truth and testing and storytelling. God's moment of truth, and we see it too. Behold the man. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Your sin, my sin, the sin of all the world. You see, dear friends in Christ, the details of Lent rightly examine the corners of our lives slowly, carefully, painfully, poignantly, but we observe the passion of our Lord. Stricken, smitten, wounded, bruised, he sighs, he dies. He takes my sin and wretchedness. He lives, forgives, he gives me his own righteousness. God sees. We observe. Behold the Lamb. The end is in sight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.